Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Go Home Bob, You're Drunk, the podcast that just got back from content warning like an hour ago, and we're going to talk about it. My name is <laughs> Justin. I am a I, I, I've completed I think I've completed a segment of my pipeline from the purity culture youth pastor to event coordinator for a sex positive conference. Like I feel like that's I feel like that's a pipeline I've completed, and I feel really good about that. I was an evangelical for a long time. Now I do this podcast. We laugh at the Bible and Christian culture, and I have a co-host. Hello, I'm Tori. I also just got back from content warning, although it was it's like a mile for me, and it's uh it's it's a, it's a couple flights for Justin. Mm-hmm. But yes, I love this. Used to go to like Christian events. And now I go to not Christian. I don't know what to call that exactly. We're in this interesting limbo. Yeah, it it, it is a. But it's good. It's a good limbo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, reading reading the Bible, making fun of the Bible, meeting new people who have shared values, whether or not they're still Christian, or if they've moved on to greener pastures. So mm-hmm. yeah. It was a great, great weekend. Yeah, it was a wonderful weekend. And for those of you that maybe not don't know, Content Warning uh, was an event that Tori and I hosted along with the Thereafter podcast, which is uh, Megan Crozier and Cortland Coffee, and many other people were involved. You can go to contentwarningevent.com to see all the people that were involved. And it was it was a really great crew of people, like just genuinely amazing folks. And uh, it was a great venue. It was in Portland this last week or not this last weekend. When you're listening to this, it was President's Day weekend, whatever relationship to time you have to that as you're listening to this. And it was it was a lot of things. It was mostly a fuck you to purity culture, but it was really with an eye of like, how do we move forward? And And also we had a lot of topics that many other conferences don't talk about when it comes to giving the old FU to purity culture. We talked about sex work. We talked about mm-hmm. ethical porn. We talked about, and we tried to bring an intersectional approach to it, like how how purity culture is impacted, you know, folks of color and folks that are, you know, not white folks. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, so that was, it was really good. Um, and so I think what we're going to do today is just kind of give a, 
a debrief recap, just kind of our thoughts on the event and what was interesting about it, what surprised us, things we learned and such. And and hopefully it's uh, of interest to you, dear listener. And also it's something that maybe you would like to attend in the future. So, so Tori, I just kind of, uh, what was something that you were like, whew, man, I really love, maybe not just one thing, just a series of things <laughs> that you're like, oh, I really loved this about this weekend at Content Warning. Um, man, yeah, there were so there were so many things that I loved. I mean, like meeting so many amazing people, I think had to have been the highlight for me, like just so many, so many people that I have crushes on. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. And, you know, I was I was on I don't even remember how many panels I was on. But everybody that was speaking, they were all just brilliant people. And they have like so much to say and so many fuck yous to purity culture to give. And it was so wonderful to just share space with people who like have had a very similar lived experience to your own, mm -hmm. like people who get it. Yeah. You know, I feel this way on like on a deeper level with my siblings, right? Because it's like, oh, these people were there. Like, they're not going to fucking gaslight me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they saw it happen too, right? And that is so how it felt. At, at content warning there was just like so much camaraderie and so many just really incredible people who have frankly overcome a lot of fucking trauma and a lot of harm from the church from family from systems and <laughs> it was that was that was like such a such a highlight for me megan did such a fucking incredible job just and i know you were involved in like Megan did an incredible job. Event. You can just say that. Megan, uh, Megan did a fucking incredible yeah. job. Like, and she, she was just, she was so thoughtful um, in the way that she put things together in, in the panels. It was really hard. A lot of us are very chatty people. So it was very hard to like keep the schedule <laughs> where there was attempts were made. I'm not sure how good we, I'm not sure if we succeeded. That was one compliment um, that we did receive was that like, we were able to keep to the schedule and, and, but still let everybody good. have time to talk. Like it was, it was a tricky yeah. balance, but it like, it was not a, it wasn't, a, it didn't yes, devolve absolutely. into a shit show, which of all of us chaos goblins could easily happen. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. But, um, and, and I, I will say for the record, I was completely in awe because I have ADHD. So like watching, Megan put this together was like watching magic being performed. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> um, I was just like, holy shit, this is this is so great. And I, I like honestly, I wanna like I wanna take a second and just point out like somebody when we in one of the during one of the panels or during one of the QA's, somebody made a comment about like the need for like visible disability in the space. And like Megan came up and she was like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to like, we're going to do better. Like next time it's not going to be this, like, I don't want to, I don't know what to say, like visibly abled. Like, I mean, I know that there, there are, there are people there who had disabilities, of course, but nothing that was like, you could tell if yeah. that makes sense. Nothing that it's like, you're walking past someone on the street and you're like, oh, you're disabled or like you have, you know, you deal with chronic pain or whatever the situation is. But like Megan just, I like came up and was like, yes, absolutely. You're right we're doing better starting like right now and just like so much respect 
for that because growing up in church, when somebody comes and like calls a pastor out, for example, like, hey, we can do better in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if you get agreement, like nothing happens, like you probably will get pushed back, but like you might get like a verbal like, yes, you're right. And then nothing changes. Right. And so um, that was, yeah, I just want to... (laughs) One of the many ways that I was just incredibly proud of everything that Megan did this Mm -hmm. weekend. So yeah, she's, she's a miracle worker in my eyes because it was just, it was just fucking amazing. And it was such a refreshing experience. Sorry to get all all churchy. That might be a weird word to use. Let's reclaim that word. Uh, We can reclaim that. Okay. Okay, cool. Like people (laughs) that aren't evangelicals can have, we can have refreshing experiences. Like let's let's yes, reclaim that. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. I was listening. I was like overhearing a conversation, and somebody was talking about. I I don't know if I was like at a coffee shop or something, and someone was like, "Every time someone talks about like going through seasons in their life, it's like you always find out they're one of those weird evangelicals." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit! I am never using that word again." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's where my like uh, apprehension. I'll, was I'll make from, a confession. But- I still like the phrase doing life together. Like I I like it. It, it encapsulates good things for me. Like I get that there's baggage and so I don't use it frequently, but I I do like, I still like that phrase. I still like it. (laughs) It's, I am not like, fuck the English language. I am not a grammar police officer Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to bonk you. For being, for being like doing life together, is that is that even proper? Oh no, English? it's not. It's it's not a good. I'm not, I'm not saying okay. I enjoy the phrase like as like a grammatical okay. con- construct. Oh, got it. Okay, just, now okay, yes. I like but I like the, the concept of doing it. life yes. together okay. and like completely like, agree. build like and and other things like building community together or whatever you could use as a substitute. I haven't found a good substitute. I guess that's my my. Got it. That's that what we're encapsulates on. Finding a good that idea well. If I could find one, uh, I would use chat it. GPT, chat GPT has entered the chat, okay. I guess. All right. Um, <laughs> we should ask We should ask it. chat GPT, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. We need to do an episode on like churchy phrases. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that one, I will roast completely in the way that it's used in evangelical I, circles. But the way I use it, I'm like... Just but like, I completely I, get it. Know, okay. I, I, I understand what you mean now. That's like, I realize that like group projects with friends is like my love yeah. language, um, which is, yeah, it's like doing life together. I just love doing like a productive project with a bunch mm-hmm. of people that I love. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is, that is doing life together, quote unquote. Yeah. Even <laughs> though, even though it's, it's, I feel like here's the thing. I think evangelicals appropriated that phrase and we need to take it back. Oh. That's going to be my, that's okay. going to be what I say. Okay. All right. I can get yeah. with this. Okay. Continue. We can keep talking about the content one. Yeah, um, we're we so did life together. We did, we did. It was like a it was like a group project, and it was mm-hmm. just magical. It was, and yeah, the discussions were delightful. That's not really a word that evangelicals use. No, more Mormons use it, or no, they use delightsome. White and delightsome mm-hmm. is, is delightsome. The that Mormons use. <laughs> Never mind. I can use delightful. Yeah, so many just brilliant speakers and thinkers and yeah, sharing, sharing space with 
just people who put a lot of very serious thought and energy and intention into creating a new way to look at the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like creating new analytical frameworks and people who have just really insightful, incisive, is that that a word? Critiques of evangelicalism, of purity culture. Yeah, it, it, I don't and, think it ever devolved into a like purity culture sucks. Like there were very everyone was so much more like articulate and brilliant yes, than that. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. every single person there. Like was, yes, it was there. Yeah, there were no like flame wars. There was no like Twitter dialogue type stuff. It was all incredibly thoughtful people. Um, yeah. However brilliant who, you thought Erica Smith sex ed is. It's more yeah. than that. Like, totally. Like, totally. Yeah. Yes. No, like, absolutely. That was, it was so, that part was just like, again, amazing. Like, I very, I very rarely go into spaces where I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn something from people, mm-hmm. which sounds really arrogant. I don't mean it that way. I just mean I geek out. I like read a lot. I spend a lot of time thinking about, the way that the world works and in analyzing systems and doing like power analysis mm-hmm. and because <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd and reading history and putting things in context, right? Like making comparisons like we like we talked about. What episode was that? I don't even remember. We were talking about, oh, it was the one about the Christian men hate women. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> We're, you know, talking about like the different lenses that I use to kind of examine things that people are saying. Got the, yeah, everyone, everyone was just fucking brilliant, and it was just like the entire like spectrum of of like of genders. Yeah, <laughs> that we exists. had like twenty um, collaborators, so great. and I was the only straight white man on on yeah. any panel, and I was only a moderator on one of uh one of the, one panels. Of the panels. Like I, I, that was it. Yeah, so that was that that was great. So so many just really good perspectives and. People talking, like people really focusing on harm reduction, mm-hmm. which is just, I mean, if you're talking about like, like any given conference, like I don't care if you're talking about, you know, some like bullshit that Hillsong is doing or like, you know, uh, the like national neuroscience conference that happens every year. It's like harm reduction is just not, not a thing. It's not something people think about. And it was, it was like. Top of mind for every single person, Mm -hmm. every single collaborator who was there. And like, I respect that so much. And this is something I've been thinking about and wanting to say for like probably months on the podcast. And um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Justin just made a very shocked expression. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to see Uh, what this is. but, (laughs) But like, this is, this is sort of the, I think the perfect kind of space for it is, is, an observation that I have had is that people, the people that I listen to, not everybody is like this, but people that I listen to, the people that I learn from on the left, sort of politically, ideologically, religiously, what have you, they are always willing to give credit where credit is due, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like they're never like, fuck those dudes. We want them all to die, right? I mean, we could, we might feel that way. Like there are times we get angry, righteous anger is a mm-hmm. thing. I'm very here for it. I think it, I think it's very prophetic. I don't believe in God, 
But the ability to look at something and say like, oh yeah, like there, I don't want to say like there are good things about evangelicalism, but there are good things about community and evangelicalism creates that for some people. And it might not be like the most authentic or vulnerable community, right? But but it does, for some people, it does really show up. Justin, you talked about this before, I think, when you were talking about moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, <laughs> there's a bunch of people, if you have a church and you're like going and like joining another church, like there's a bunch of people that will just like show yeah. up to like help you with yeah. shit, right? And when you don't have that, it's like, Hey, it's my mom. Hey, it's my brother. Hey, it's my best friend from elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those people, but like that, that, that counts. Like that is valid. And people, I think that people are willing to give credit where it, it where it is valid. I mean, it it does it means a lot to people with functioning nervous systems to have support because mm-hmm. like that that's just how we we evolved to rely on one another. Right. And so the ability to kind of parse out, I I don't really love this term phrase, what I was saying, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but sort of like Mm -hmm. that, right. To be able to recognize like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying trying to say like all religion is inherently harmful on purpose and should be dismantled. Like there was none of Mm -hmm. that. Right. People were talking about like their lived experience. They were talking about like giving it was it's making it's making evangelicalism and purity culture accountable yeah. right it's not just a roast it's not just like a, again it's like it's not just like a flame war yeah the critiques are just so thoughtful because when i think about you know a lot of christian pastors um find themselves going viral for making statements and they're just so incredibly dismissive it's like people in the world are making these decisions and i know why and it's because of sin and it's because of satan and it's because i'm like all these people hate god and they like want to send this country to hell in a communist handbasket and we're not going to stand like there's no recognition of like what work people want to do mm-hmm. right yeah and, you know, I will say, like, fully that I think, you know, if you're whatever, an authoritarian white Christian nationalist, like, I don't really care what work you want to do. <laughs> like, no, we're not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, harm reduction is the priority here, not, like, giving everybody a chance to speak. But <laughs> that was something that was really brought home to me this weekend was the ability to not just, like shit all over everything there was just so much thoughtfulness so much nuance Mm -hmm. it's not actually it's not that hard but it is a skill right it's a skill that you need to practice yeah it's not a skill you're born with. yeah and something that like we wanted was that it's a how do we move beyond purity culture not just keep looking back at it and that's mm-hmm. and that's a very common thing in this space. I mean, I mean, this show. Let's just be honest. We look back at the Bible and we giggle at it, and and that's 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 a cathartic and helpful thing for sure. And we also we try to move the conversation forward. Like if you're going to use this book, mm-hmm. maybe don't take it as seriously. And but right. Well, I think we give the Bible credit yeah. where it's due yeah. credit. You know, if we come to the end of a story and we're like, huh, that actually wasn't so bad. We just fucking say that. We're not like, oh fuck this. Yeah. You know, like, um, and so like we, we try to do that. And I think, and I think there were a lot of folks this weekend that said like, Hey, you know, my morality and my, my view of the world was shaped by this. It's a very Jesus shaped thing. Cause that's who I was. Totally. But also yep. because it's Jesus shaped, 
I can point at this shit and be like, that's fucked up. Like says Jesus, like, and, and, and I'll also, here's the places where I've grown beyond that because we have more information now. Yes. And I think that that was a good thing. And, and I guess just for, so folks can paint a picture, like we, like one thing that I feel like we made different is there's not like, there's a couple of things that I think make this event. Well, there's many things I think that make this event different, but God, I think the main thing is there were no keynote speakers. It was all panel discussions amongst folks that, you know, had some amount of expertise in the area, but also were people that were willing to learn. So I think that was, and had a mutual respect for each other. Because I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, and while we were kind of talking and planning, like we, we, you know, as podcast hosts and creators in this space, we have access to a lot of conversations that maybe other people don't have because like, we just have friendships and yeah. we've built networks and stuff. And so how do we bring these conversations that have shaped us to more people? Mm-hmm. And because it's, it's in a lot of ways, it is that conversation and dialogue that makes you better. It's not just sitting and hearing, you know, some guy with a lot of letters behind his name talk at you for 10 minutes right. or 20 minutes or let's be honest an hour um so yeah, i think that absolutely. like allowed for a density and and having conversation woven into it and having people like and I, and i think actually for next time we we kind of at, you know at the end of each panel we said like hey is there time for questions uh i think we're gonna probably just in the future just say questions or comments uh because there were a lot mm. of comments not necessarily questions but like but that were good Mm -hmm. comments from our participants that said like hey you missed this or hey i kind of thought maybe this you know and like those were actually it was value one valuable feedback but also it's like Mm -hmm. we want other people to be a part of this event and experience like and so i think that was that was one thing that i think made it very different is that there's not a we're not like we're not we're not putting up a headliner (laughs) necessarily it's it's so much better that way though. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much better when you have like that depth of experience and you're dealing with people who like at least vaguely know one another's work and like respect one another, mm-hmm. right? Like getting thrown up on a stage with people you've never even heard of before is it can be difficult. Um, I've I've had that experience. I've been on panels before with people I don't I've I met them exactly. 2 minutes before the panel. Exactly. That's right. awkward. Um, yeah, so like having some like camaraderie before you even go on on the stage and it was like everybody just everybody brought their A game, right? There was none of the like again, when you have a keynote speaker, somebody who's speaking for 30, 40, 50 minutes, there's a lot of filler, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of fluff. And that just that that wasn't there was no filler or fluff in any of the conversations, mm-hmm. right? There were there was definitely like some snark. There were some very funny moments. I did make a comment on how sex work produces the fruit of the spirit, which I stand I, by. I I laughed and agreed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like official position. Yes. The editorial position of this podcast yes. is, and yeah, like I it was so much better because of of the format mm-hmm. i yeah. i feel i yeah i was like blown away because again we've all been to those we went to conferences mm-hmm. where it's just like one dude or one lady like getting up to talk and 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 that can be good you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie like i've had good experiences oh i've had great too. experiences like, will, there too yeah i will listen to ta coates talk 
for the rest of my fucking life and I will just sit there and I will enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. But <laughs> some people, not everybody yeah. is Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yeah. yeah. Ta-Nehisi Coates or better. Um, you can talk forever. Right. Yes, exactly. Yep. For sure. You get, you get the mic. You can hang on to it for as long as you'd like. That should but, be the um, question yeah, I like ask this- myself before I listen to anyone for more than 15 minutes. Like, are you as good <laughs> as Ta-Nehisi Coates? Are you, sir? Uh, I, I don't know. We, we'll see. <laughs> Because life's too short. Um, (laughs) It is, truly, truly. But everybody just brought their fucking Mm -hmm. A-game. Absolutely. And it was wonderful. And, and And yeah, yeah, there there wasn't any of the, like, bullshit filler. I think another thing that made this different is that we were intentionally non-religious or at least non-prescriptive on religion. Mm -hmm. I I mean, most of us come from fundamentalist Christian backgrounds. Most of us come from, you know, kind of Jesus centered worldviews, whatever you, I'm just using those kind of words, but obviously that came up, (laughs) but like it, it, you know, there, and I think there are a lot of conferences like theology beer camp and wild goose that are kind of firmly in that progressive Christian space and, and good for them. There's nothing wrong with those. But like for folks right. that have kind of moved right. out of that or maybe more agnostic or maybe just like, I don't know what I am. I just, you know, like there's not a lot. You kind of just fall off the map. Right. And so yeah. like wanting to and, and that, that and creating a space that a progressive Christian could be a part of. You know, it's not like we were saying, fuck progressive Christianity, you know, but it was just more right. like, yeah. but also someone who's an atheist now or someone who is agnostic Mm -hmm. or maybe isn't sure or is just kind of like oh whatever i feel like we tried to create a space where folks that have i hate this phrase but i'm gonna say it fully deconstructed like those folks (laughs) deconstructed all the way out of religion that's i know that's a better way to say it but like that's anyway um because just because you've fallen out of religion doesn't mean you've deconstructed racism or transphobia or anything else. Or any, Looking yeah, at like, you, Richard Dawkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, worst possible example. Yes. So, um, yes. And, and honestly, like, I loved how many trans and non-binary folks were there. I don't, mm-hmm. just me personally, I have not been in a space that had that many trans and non-binary folks in it. And the fact that some mm. of them had yeah. felt like this is the first time I've been in a space where I can be myself or be queer or whatever. And like, that was like, yeah. so like, um, yeah, like touching, I mean, and sad too, in some ways, but like, but still very touching that like, we were able to make a space where, and me straight white man, I also felt perfectly safe too. Like it's so it's like, it's not there's right. it's like safety is not a like a zero sum game. Where like, oh, if I make it safe for trans people now, I'm unsafe or what, you know, like it's not, or, or people of color, like now suddenly, I, no, it's not, safety isn't, doesn't work that way. Like, mm, like you mm-hmm. can make a, a space that is, that is, that is welcoming to everyone, yeah. even though they are very yeah. different than you. And some, and I, I wouldn't say somehow, I know how we did it. Like, you know, again, Megan did a brilliant job of setting the tone of the space mm-hmm. and we were able to do it, you know, and I, I'm, I'm very grateful for that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I'm like, I'm kind of thinking of, cause it was like, you made the comment. There were, there were a lot of straight white men who were in attendance. That, I would and say I that too. Yeah. Very proud yeah. of them. It was like, way to show up and be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. bro. That's great. Yeah. There was one comment that was like, um, it was, was a great time. And by great, I mean, 
completely confronting every preconceived notion I've had. <laughs> like <laughs> that is so good. And like honestly, I don't know. I'm I guess I am gonna shit talk evangelicalism just oh, a little course. bit. Um <laughs> what but- <laughs> podcast do you think you're on? <laughs> I know, right? There's no there's no growth in evangelicalism, mm, yeah. right? You aren't actually challenged. You will be shamed, you'll be condemned, you'll be manipulated, but you aren't given tools to grow because you will grow out of that space mm-hmm. if they give you tools yeah. to grow. And I think that that is an important thing to point out mm-hmm. a lot, frequently. Yeah. <laughs> because like I think that... I think as a landing, it can be like a great landing place for like straight white people, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and again, it's like you probably have to be in a certain tax bracket to actually get any like meaningful support, at least from my observations in those spaces. But yeah, like it's not the thing is like the Bible is so pervasive in our culture and and you know, in our politics, unfortunately, uh, should not be, but it is. They're like, yeah, you aren't really being challenged. Even if you're hearing a sermon about something that you specifically need to deal with in your own life, you're still not being given actual tools, right? Mm -hmm. You're being given like Jesus says X, so you need to go do X. And like, please explain to me what you mean when you are telling me to fold in the fucking cheese. Like, I don't get it. Go do the thing is not that's not instructions. Just have faith. That's not helpful. Benefits mm-hmm. nobody, right? It it it's just it's like a it's like a stalling tactic almost, <laughs> right? When you have these little tropes, but don't give anybody any anything to to act on, and that yeah, I, I really that's something that does actually really really bother me about the spaces is that people you like I think you really stall out emotionally, and I think. Okay, I should not speak for other people. I will speak for myself. But the way that I behaved after leaving church and being able to have really good experiences and being able to have like one night stands or whatever I wanted to do, experiences that you're not supposed to have, right? Because you're supposed to save all of your fun for heaven Mm -hmm. when you get handed a harp and you're just one of the many harpists harping on their Mm -hmm. harp because that sounds like a Um, fun eternity it does it truly truly does honestly like john kind of john kind of did it right you know it was like he just got real fucked up (laughs) (laughs) and got to enjoy it and then came right back down (laughs) yeah (laughs) but when like when you're given when you're when you're told like you need to have no experiences right until you get to heaven and then you get to experience real joy yeah <laughs> not this happiness that like the world has going oh around oh my gosh the, the um, like the I happiness can't. versus joy bullshit we had to sit through i can't i can't no. it's just no it's it's like, wrong it's like incorrect. they ruined both happiness <laughs> and joy somehow <laughs> like happiness is this fleeting thing that you shouldn't pursue and joy is just stoically sitting here being you know like happy Talked about god or not happy sorry right. like feeling warm feelings about god but who's hard to feel warm feelings about because he's a jerk mm-hmm. so again it's 
completely like dysregulated. I can't think of a better word <laughs> to use mm-hmm. to explain it. It's like a dysregulated story or narrative that you're being mm-hmm. given. Yeah. So when when we're when we're like in spaces where that is not the case, where you're being challenged to to grow mm-hmm. and to reconsider, it, yeah, without shame, without manipulation without like threats of eternal damnation very very different energy yeah completely different and that was it was it was beautiful to see and and i'm gonna say this even just this is a small thing but like when you can end everything with a prayer you don't learn how to conclude things like meg and i walked up to do our kind of like ending kind of little thing and I remember thinking, actually, like, I have to think of an actual conclusion. I can't just end on a prayer, you know? <laughs> like, I, uh, yeah, I had to make a joke about that because I was like, okay, what do we do yeah, now? Yeah, like, what, what is it that we do? Like, we just, we, goodbye. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was so good. Oh my gosh. We, there were so many jokes, like, when we were, when we were winding down about, I was like, oh, okay, who's on teardown team? <laughs> We efficiently tore down. We did. Like we just, we just, we, we just, we, we we entered that. Like just like wrote memory. <laughs> so yeah, it was well. It's lovely. Yes. I I think we have more to say, but I do want to take a little break for capitalism, and then we'll get back and we'll talk about things that surprised us and a few other things. Um, yeah, this was a great event. So, but uh, we'll see you in a bit. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. All right. Thanks, everybody, for taking that little capitalism break with us. If you would like ad-free episodes of the show, or if you would just like to support us directly, Go to patreon.com slash go home Bible. You get access to our discord server. You also get at a certain tier, you get a life verse, which is yours forever uh, until you don't want it anymore. Uh, And you become a youth pastor in the second church of the drunken Bible. So check that out. Patreon.com slash go home Bible. Also, I will say, just mark your calendars for next year. We are going to have another, we plan to have another, go (laughs) preface that, we plan to have another content morning event, same uh, President's Day weekend in February of 2025. That sounds like a weird thing to say. And it will be in Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're like, Portland, Oregon's way too far away, I would agree, having just flew back from Portland today. Um, it's very far from many, many it is places. very far from many places. Atlanta, Georgia, though, is not very far from many places. Most True. major cities in the United States can get a direct flight to Atlanta. Uh, I think it's also a politically and culturally significant city, mm-hmm. especially in 2025. And so, uh, yeah, this is where we're going to have the event next year. More details to come. It'll be on contentwarningevent.com. Check it out. And we hope to see you there. 
I want to talk about, I actually want to ask the question, what is something that surprised you this weekend? Like something you learned at Content Morning that, or just experience you had that you're like, huh, I was not prepared for that. Hmm. And if you'd like, I can go first. I was not prepared for this question. So you can okay. go first. That's if you fine. Would like. That's fine. I can go first. Um, <laughs> I should have shared the questions ahead of time, but I did not because I wanted you to be surprised. surprised. I wanted you to be fresh. Mm-hmm. And delighted. I will say this, something that was surprised me, and I think this is why, as particularly as a straight white man, it's important to seek out experiences like this. There was something that a friend of the pod, Transvangelical, said. She talked very, very passionately about loving her body and loving the experience of being in a trans body, and that is a unique experience that she gets to have. And... I did not realize until that moment that possibly I had always assumed that trans folks had some kind of angst about their bodies. Um, And that's, I'm just admitting that, like, that was just something that I didn't even Mm -hmm. realize I assumed that. But after I heard her say that, I was like, oh my gosh, I was assuming something that was wrong. And I should not have done that. And it, so it was like this this moment where I was like, I am glad I learned this. Like, I am glad I'm here. I'm glad mm-hmm. I'm seeing this. And and that and maybe some people are like, oh, cancel Justin. He didn't know that. But I'm I'm just confessing that it was not mm-hmm. something that I had thought about until that moment. And it and it allowed me to like be incredibly joyful and thankful for her perspective. And I think that's good. Like. I think we need a little bit more of that like Anthony Bourdain energy where like he talked Mm -hmm. about walking into spaces and enjoying the feeling of being wrong and enjoying the feeling of being surprised. And I enjoyed the feeling of realizing I had a preconceived notion that I was not aware of. It was a blind spot. And to have it pointed out in a way that like actually was like, wow, I I will think differently now. And that Mm -hmm. felt good. And that was a small thing. There were a lot of other things too, but that was just something that I learned that surprised me that I did not know or not that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not like I was like, I I would never have argued for that position. It was just like a little assumption that was floating around in the back of my head that was challenged. And that was a good thing for me. And I'm very glad that she said that and she had the opportunity to say it. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is, there is sort of this assumption of having like an adversarial relationship with your Mm -hmm. body right? When, when you're trans and that's kind of like the, the narrative that is being pushed right now. And a lot of like trans bodies being unsafe is a lot of the, a lot of what we're getting from the news. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like the conversation about trans joy was 10 out of 10, like top marks. It was great. great experience. Like, and and, and hopefully for all of the trans folks present, it was also a great experience for them to see us like, let's make space for trans joy because that's a thing yeah. and we should celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. And I, I think that coming from coming from like a, a black perspective where where like black trauma is like fetishized almost. Yeah. I definitely feel for the perspective of like even even people who are like allies and accomplices we we do kind of get i think a little bit stuck in this narrative of of it's like a yeah it's like a fraught relationship the the trans people have with their bodies mm-hmm. 
and like trying and like with when we're talking about like kids healthcare like we're trying to protect kids from their bodies sort of or like from their brains or like yeah. you know we're trying to like make sure that we can keep them physically safe and you know if if not mentally safe both would be ideal just to be clear um <laughs> we shouldn't have to pick right exactly it's not that's not binary mm-hmm. yeah i think that i'm like i'm always really really struck by yeah, people having really positive relationships with their bodies because as someone who is socialized female, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you were supposed to have a hateful antagonistic relationship with your body because it was never good mm-hmm. enough, right? It was like you couldn't you couldn't be skinny enough. Like when I was growing up, that wasn't possible. Yeah. And it was like We grew up in like Ally McBeal era. There's just not <laughs> Right, like, exactly. Exactly. It's like please have no muscle mass. Mm-hmm or fat anywhere just don't have it um like just shy <laughs> try to not be perceived just shy <laughs> right yes truly yeah. truly but he was like try to not be perceived don't take up space right and so yeah taking up space like trans people taking mm-hmm. up space and experiencing joy and you know it is that that is a that is an explicit fuck you to purity culture yes. like absolutely Right. And like, again, because we're told like we're told our whole lives like, oh, well, gay people are really miserable and they hate being gay. And like Mm -hmm. they wish that if they could change, they would change. And (laughs) it's like it's because you're a bully. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that was such a great it was such a great point, an important point that 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 needed to be made, I think. Mm hmm. Because and because I think that it's like and I what I we tried to structure this event where like we had, you know, like most people that attended were like, yeah, sex ethics and relationships after purity culture. I want in on that conversation, you know, I want, because, you know, but like we tried to also pepper it with like, let's talk about sex work. Let's talk about, you know, mm-hmm. being trans and gender identity. And I we tried to like not sneak those in, but like make sure that they had their fair share because that is a fuck you to purity culture too. And Mm -hmm. I, I hope that people realized that they had blind spots, you know, even people that try to do the work have blind spots. Everybody does. And, and, and they might not even be dangerous blind spots, but it's like, it's, it's good to kind of have, give someone space to shine some light in there to see where the cobwebs are. And that's, Mm, that is a, that is always a good thing that will always to use a biblical phrase, produce good fruit, Mm -hmm. not just for you, but for everyone in the room. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I loved that. I, I honestly, the one, the, I'm not non-monogamous or polyamorous, but that discussion was an excellent discussion on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. One, because what tends to happen in progressive Christian spaces and and other spaces in post purity culture spaces too, that are like, you know, we're sex positive. You can have sex anywhere you want. Like, Oh, polyamory. Like, wait, no, uh, actually not. Um, Or, or, Mm, or like, yeah, yeah. We're sex positive. Like sex work though. mm, No, we can't really talk about that or porn. Like porn. Did you hear that? Porn's the new drug. Um, It's it's not. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like there there are still a lot of evangelical mm-hmm. hangups and purity culture kind of mm-hmm. holdouts. And I, I'm glad that this 
event, we were able to kind of speak a little more truthfully about that. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that the thing, one of the things that was shocking to me that I learned was what Erica said about about uh, Dr. Dobson pulling in a bunch oh, of his employees. Oh my God. Please tell this story. Into a room please, and, okay. Please tell this story. <laughs> so there's all of this quote unquote data floating around in, in the world. I didn't realize, like I knew, mm-hmm. okay, this is like much bigger picture. Like I'm going to blow this all the way out really quickly. I knew that like, what was it like National Family Council? Yeah, that, the National Family that? Research Council or whatever. Yeah. Right. Thank you. National Family Research Council. I knew at some point it became apparent to me that they were making shit mm-hmm. up, that their data was being like created, like crafted. <laughs> that is not what labs are for, guys. And so like, I, I you know, I knew that and I knew that you, like the women speak like two and a half or three and a half times more words per day than mm-hmm. men. Uh, I learned from Abraham Piper that Dr. Dobson made that shit up. Just pull it out of his fucking ass yeah. vibes. Which right? you and- <laughs> hear those like studies, quote unquote. And you actually, I, I do think to myself sometimes, how did they count how many words? Cause these, these quote unquote studies were done in the 1980s. Like I, I actually right. think a study like there wasn't technology. A, a study for that. would like that would be relatively easy to pull off today just because you could just have a totally. mic and voice to text and you could count words. That would be relatively easy. Yeah. Easy. How would you they didn't do have that, that back then? in the 70s and 80s? <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, so so we were talking about I was I was moderating a panel on sex work and ethical porn. And and I was like, OK, I really want to talk about this idea that <laughs> porn is like this harmful thing. Right. Um, like, can we please like debunk some wrong ideas that people in in church in broader culture hold about about pornography and sex work and erica smith like immediately jumps in and she's like okay you guys like dr dobson made some shit up so a lot of the data that is again quote unquote like air quotes scare quotes Mm -hmm. data floating around on the internet uh that that anti-porn crusaders draw from is data that Dr. Dobson got by pulling apparently a bunch of his employees into a room, male employees. Can I be specific? Yeah, male, back employees, yes. <laughs> male employees into a room, showing them porn and having them rate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of how harmful it, it, it made is. them feel. Which, okay. Like, and Dr. Dobson himself also viewed this porn. Just to be clear, yes. he was his own yes. test subject for research, for research. reasons. And so, and, that's, and someone again, how brought up later works. that, like, when Dr. Dobson says, like, I've seen the worst of it, child porn, this and that, like, he sought that out and right. watched it for yes. research. For science. For science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great, great, great news, guys. <laughs> so the sample size was what, a hundred men, maybe? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. A hundred men who like honestly being shown porn at work unless you have consented to that is assault. Mm-hmm. So And and also if I, Dr. Dobson yikes. showed me porn and asked me to rate how bad i thought it was i would probably say it was really bad 
Dr. Dobson, my boss. Standing over my shoulder. Watching the porn with me. And he's like, was that bad? Like, I would say that was bad. Like, that was harmful. That's addictive. I would probably tell him whatever he wanted to hear. Because he... In order to get out of the fucking room. Because he cuts my paycheck. And also, I'm in a, a... incredibly regressive evangelical environment even if i enjoyed it like i'm not gonna say that well yeah but you wouldn't because you're being forced to watch it you're with colleagues like i don't i don't know a lot of people who watch porn with their friends in a- I'm sorry 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 i don't know a lot of people who watch porn with their colleagues friends very different very very different like that's a very different story in 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 my opinion yeah. <laughs> like, consensually it's with just a like friend. hey work yeah hey work buddy let's go watch some porn like you would you would you'd get written up by I hr would get written up for by even making HR, that suggestion. If not fired right for making that suggestion mm-hmm. you, you i mean you couldn't do the like lol i was just joking like you could not do no. that and so i was a little bit i was a little bit shocked <laughs> by that revelation but not i guess shocked but not surprised yeah maybe surprised is the wrong word how to sum that 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 nugget up yeah yeah that was that was not good dr dobson sucks yeah very much so so like yeah like all kinds of Mm -hmm. things i learned you know but i but it is interesting that there was so much quote-unquote research that we were told and 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 i think once you kind of get out, you do realize that, yeah, okay, that was probably made up, but you don't all like, or maybe like, honestly, I think maybe I default to a more charitable view of like, oh, that's maybe old data, or maybe that's, you know, was not collected very well. But it's like, there's some of it that's just like, either an out and out fabrication or so poorly mm-hmm. collected as to like, be almost like, like comically bad. Like, this is just like, you're not... You know, you're not going to get good data. Okay, no matter what your experiment is, if you're the employer of the person that is a test subject, (laughs) you are like right there. You're probably not going to get the best data. You've negated any, you know, you've like you've negated any kind, even the like even the perception of of objectivity or or neutrality in that situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. I mean, like the best studies are are double blind studies because we, our brains want so desperately to find specific answers mm-hmm. that like researchers can't even know which of their, like, which of the like research subjects in a study are taking like the actual drug. Like someone else has to know that for yeah. them in order to get good data because your brain is just it's designed to like fill in gaps. Mm -hmm. It's designed to find patterns. And these are like survival things that are wonderful when you live, I don't know, in the Savannah or whatever, (laughs) but (laughs) less, less wonderful (laughs) in 2024. Yeah. Like my, I had a a friend that did a, um, in college that did a, a study on the efficacy of like echinacea as a, like herbal remedy for colds or whatever. And so for like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it was like two weeks and it was longer than two weeks. It's like a month or two during cold season. Like, but mm-hmm. he did it. It had to be a double blind study where like everyone got an envelope yeah. that was either full of a sugar pill or echinacea. And I mean, if you chewed on it, you mm-hmm. could figure it out. But like, you know, like you, like you couldn't know as a test subject, 
he couldn't know because he did like weekly blood draws to test for different mm. markers and stuff. But, like he couldn't like. Okay. And so this is a college student has devised this like. Right. Pretty robust. I mean, for a, for a budget college student like thing for a research paper, yeah. like is, is, you know, like and quote unquote, Dr. Dobson. I don't know. Couldn't do a good research study if it fell in his lap. Like it just, you know. Yeah, no. I lies mean, and, lies I guess... and vibes. That's that's what evangelicalism is. <laughs> lies and vibes. I know. I know. I know. And it like kind of, you know, I don't know. I like I keep going back to the idea that the his, the person his like whoever whoever the person was that like oversaw Dobson's doctoral research was like an explicit white supremacist. And so I'm like, okay, again, like these are people with a conclusion mm-hmm. in search of data. Mm-hmm. That is how you are operating if you're a white supremacist, because the data doesn't support your conclusions. Yeah. So yeah, it makes from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can stop talking about that, man. We can. So I guess to just somewhat wrap up this, I will say this, I'll do a I'll do a special segment that I'm going to call celebrate your co host. And I will just say, Tori, <laughs> like on all of the panels you're on and the one that you hosted, like, absolutely brilliant. Like, I learned I learned things from you that I didn't know. And I've talked to you for like, I don't know, 400 hours that's recorded. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, like just, I mean, and everybody was super brilliant. But like, yeah, yeah truly like, and sure. you know, like the, the way you handled the sex work and ethical porn, particularly that panel was, was just so well done. And like, uh, Transvagical and Wild Violet were, were great at just dispelling any kind of myths and preconceived notions people had. So that was, that was mm-hmm. great. That was, yeah. I mean, again, that was a good panel for me because there were assumptions that I, like, even mm-hmm. as someone who does the work and tries to do the work and and celebrates these things, there are still little assumptions that you have that you don't even realize you have that. Right. And it's it was yeah. it was very good for that, for sure. So mm-hmm. I'll say thank you thank to you. you. <laughs> um, oh, that's so kind. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I guess maybe last one. Just um, what was something that you're like, I wish there was more of this at this particular I wish we would have more time to do something or explore something or. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely wish that there was just more time period. Mm-hmm. I just wish it like it's, it is a lot to, it's, a, you know, it's a lot to go up and like present information and, you know, be on stage and be recorded. And, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of like, you sort of wind up with this like executive function hangover. Yeah. <laughs> but I still like wish that there had been more honestly, you know, and, and time is just time is what it is. You have time constraints. That's just reality. But yeah, I would have, I would have loved to have like listened to everybody talk for way longer. Mm-hmm. That just would have been so great. And yeah, I don't know. Now I'm like, I want to do like an East coast, West coast, like every six months, there's like a <laughs> content warning. <laughs> like just bounce back and forth. <laughs> Right, man. I I I know that there were a lot of people that like really wished that they could be there. So obviously, like I wish that that could have mm-hmm. been true for them as well. And yeah, I don't know. Like it was just just kind of like I went in with a very sort of 
open mind, I have to be very intentional about like not psyching myself up for stuff that I'm excited about. I learned this very young in life that if I get like hysterically excited about something, yeah, I break out <laughs> something that's like months away. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I break out. It's not fun. So, but yeah, it was just so much more than anything I could have like dreamt mm-hmm. up. Truly. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go as far as to say it was a life changing experience. Yeah. I would agree on a lot of levels. Yeah. If, if you're like, oh my gosh, you've given me enough FOMO, Tori and Justin, <laughs> you can still, if you want, um, you can still join online. You can see recordings of all the panels. You cannot mm. see recordings mm-hmm. of karaoke, unfortunately, for, fortunately for me, I think. Um, I don't know. Someone might have archived some stories on Instagram somewhere. Possibly. Just sorry. Sorry for letting you in on that horrible, horrible yeah. secret. Well, I mean, the entirety of karaoke is not available. And I will say Fair. that queer karaoke is the best karaoke by mm-hmm. far. So, yeah, it was it was like karaoke, but good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, but uh, contentwarningevent.com, you can check out all the links and stuff for you. And you can still, you can see all the recordings. We are eventually oh. going to have those recordings housed maybe somewhere else. If you're like, hey, I wanted the recordings and a t-shirt, that option is coming as well. Because we had some mm-hmm. excellent t-shirts done by a friend of mine. So, but we can also sell those as well. But uh, yeah, I just, it, it was a great experience. We wanted to kind of debrief it uh, this week, mostly because I think both of our brains are tired. And we don't know that mm-hmm. we could have talked about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, whatever we were talking about would have found its way back to content warning. Likely. So <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, check it out if you're able to, if not, um, we do have a commitment to making it live streaming and at least uh, post event recordings available um, for every event, simply because for accessibility and mm-hmm. things like that, we want to make sure if you can't travel, we get it. There's also an option for you. And I, I, I do love that we were able to try to include the online folks in the chat and then questions and stuff as much as possible because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah cause that's, that's important to us. So thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a lovely week. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to our reg- regularly scheduled shenanigans uh, shortly. <laughs> so thanks. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.